Welcome to Talkin' Jacks, or we could just call this one Talkin' Jack, because it'll be uh, solely me, uh, joined by Clay Grissetti from the Birmingham Backline. Hello, uh, everybody. Yeah, happy to uh, have some uh, expertise as far as the Birmingham Legion goes, but uh, how are you, you doing have tonight, no Clay? idea. I- I'm doing well, but the fact that you uh, you said that I would be the expertise is going to make my my fellow backliners backline hosts uh, really laugh because I am <laughs> I am the the most uninformed person on the podcast. That is my moniker. Oh yeah, it, it's it's all right. I I pretend like I know what I'm doing with soccer uh, three fourths of the time. So this will be a Informative for the both of us, probably, or maybe not. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. But I pretend, uh, I pretend like I know what I'm doing three fourths three of the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, terrible jokes are welcomed on this podcast. Sure. <laughs> it's not going to um, get any better, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, this will be the uh, the second and final matchup of uh, Birmingham and Charlotte. Uh, the second fixture, of course, will uh, take place in Birmingham. Um, so tell us a little bit about the recent matches. Um, I think it's been a little over a handful that Birmingham has played since uh, we last met. Um, how's the the form been here recently? Well, it kind of following after the Charlotte game, a few things happened. So I guess the big highlights over the last six weeks are Birmingham has returned three players that were low knees from the beginning of the season. Uh, Zachary Aravo, who was mm. in the CONCACAF Gold Cup um, and a midfielder for the Haitian national team, um, who actually saw minutes in international play. He returns to our midfield. Uh, J.J. Williams, a firm, former Birmingham, handout, Birmingham Hammers standout and uh, Columbus Crew striker, um, is returning to the the team as well and brian wright a new england revolution striker is um is back in form um we also returned kyle fisher our starting center back to the back line and um have also returned mikey lopez uh as more of a sub who was our i think one of our very first defensive midfielder acquisitions um, to all of those people have come back and gotten healthy. The only major loss um, from a resource perspective or a player perspective has been a PCL tear to our native son, Chandler Hoffman, about mm. two weeks ago. Um, he's out for the season, um, recovering from a, a, a non-operative knee injury. So that's that's our, our player lookout has been kind of four or five people returning to the squad, um, one person going out. But we're on a bit of a pretty exciting um, win streak for us. We are uh, just over the last two games, we're on a 5-0 goal differential um, after getting kind of beaten up by Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. So we we traveled away to Indianapolis and got drubbed 3-0 up at um, in Lucas Oil, and then traveled to the River Hounds uh, to a 4-1 drubbing on the river. But ever since we've come back home, July has been a sweet summer of soccer for us. Um, mm. Yeah, so that uh, our lo- biggest win ever was last week against the Atlanta United Two Squad, or as we we call them, Atlanta Two United. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're optimistically the back line 
I think is looking very, uh, very positive for the rest of the season. If we can keep people healthy. Yeah. What, how do you feel the momentum has gone this season? Cause it kind of feels like it's been an up and down season. Um, would you say that that's essentially been the way the, the feeling has been in the fan base as well, or, or how has that feeling been? I think the fan base is ridiculously excited right now. Mm-hmm. Um, com- there was a, a very low point about a month ago, a month, month and a half ago when we met Charlotte, the, the fans were a little frustrated with coach Sohn, coach Tommy and mm. the constant change in formation and the change in starting 11 and the change in player position. We just had a huge injury bug. And yeah. so that, that played along with some hostility in the, the fan base. And, um, we also had a, a pretty big run of short week games as well during that May to June stretch. And so um, we were not only short manned because of injuries, we were uh, and low knees who were uh, called back to their primary teams. We were playing on short rest. And so there was a, a real rough stretch of losses there um, kind of in the May to June stretch. And then um, I'd say that around like the, the first week of July when we beat, um, let's see, it was the uh, North Carolina game, us beating North Carolina 1-0 and finally seeing the return of four different players to the starting lineup. I think that we've kind of come out of a valley and are, the momentum for the fan base and for the team is picking up. The feeling in a stadium this past Saturday was incredible. The for a USL squad, it was an incredible vibe. Um, there's a lot of interest in the brigade. And one thing that I've noticed that I'd love to give a shout out to for any of our listeners is uh, the international uh, attendance in the our brigade, our Magic City Brigade supporter section mm. and in um, the BBVA field uh, 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 pitch and in the stands is huge and um you know we have a a pretty big international medical college in downtown uab we actually play at the university of birmingham soccer stadium and Mm. it's exciting to me that we're seeing a huge number of fans from other countries originally who are supporting the legion as their team and so i i wanted to i guess give that as a something to look out for for any charlotte fans who are traveling this weekend yeah, it's it's cool to see how communal soccer ends up being. Just how uh, how it just brings people together from different backs or areas of life and uh, mm-hmm. regions of the world and things like that. W- would you say the the catalyst for this recent form, um, getting those those two wins uh, in the last two home matches, have really been just with the players coming back to? Uh, those new those loanies coming back or or what's been the yeah. the main cause for that turnaround? I think that's uh, we had to I think in our last uh, conversation, we mentioned to you that Femi Hollinger Jansen, who was signed as a center forward, had mm-hmm. at that point in the season had played center forward, winger, midfielder, and center back all up to the uh, 12th game of the season, 12th match of the season or so. Mm. Um, and that 
just to give you, that's a microcosm of the patchwork that Coach Tommy was having to do to put our team together. The two most recent matches against North Carolina and then against Atlanta United were the first time where we as fans, and I think Coach Tommy, were actually able to field a full starting 11 of USL quality players, USL quality starters mm. in their correct position and for, for a full 90 um, with subs as needed. And that the subs coming in were USL quality um, substitutes. So I think that that has been the biggest difference. Um, and we also, before the North Carolina match, we had two weeks of rest with those players for mm. them to gel, get rested. Um, and so we, we've been on a, a healthy and consistent uh, home kit, home stretch in July. Yeah, so it looks like that home stretch here uh, that'll finish with us couldn't have come at a better time. Yeah, uh, for us. How do you feel the attack has changed now that uh, Chandler Hoffman is gone? Or, or how do you think it will change? Because I know it has just been a couple games since he's been gone. It's a great question. I think it's gotten a lot taller. And mm. the the style of attack will have changed from a poaching um, you know, technical passing in and technical technical shots within the penalty box type of um, uh, chance creation mm. towards headers and um, sh- and I wouldn't say garbage balls coming in, but with uh, six foot three, six foot four, JJ Williams uh, able mm. to to really boss around the back line of of a defending team and Brian Wright being almost identical size and both of them being incredible physical athletes um, from a speed and a coordination perspective. I think that our goal is just getting balls into their feet and onto their heads and letting them do work in that way. Um, One of the, uh, I think goals, goal of the week um, Bodie's last week was a Brian Wright goal. If I'm not mistaken, where he, had a a cross come into his head. He uh, sent it down to the ground and then took a one touch into the back of the net. Um, Mm. And those are the kind of goal. And then he had a, another kind of trash goal uh, this week where a ball just came in. And because he was able to kind of shoulder and elbow the defender out of the way, he got a touch, uh, just a toe onto the end of it. And I think that that's, you're going to see more, scrum like goals out of Birmingham, at least with those two forwards where they are able to take possession within the box and very close uh, in close proximity to the goal and get a dirty touch on it and get it into the back of the net as opposed Mm. to the clinical striking where a ball needs to come into come in in a clean area and let Chandler get a look and surgically place it off of a, a kick into the back of the net. So that would be the, that kind of, I think is the biggest change in that attack. So would you say that it's kind of made the attack more deadly in the sense that they're not focused on getting the ball to Chandler Hoffman? Would that be the way that it's kind of changed as well? Or It's much more diverse on, um, on this past Saturday's match against Atlanta to United, we had four goals by four different players in four completely different styles. Um, yeah. We had a, a header in from our, our six foot one, six foot two center back, Matthew Laurent. We had a, like I, I mentioned, kind of a toe touch off of a, 
um, a cross in by Brian Wright. We had a, a beautiful dribbling um, move in by Daniel Johnson, who is just a scrappy dribbler capable of breaking down just about any defender one-on-one. And he was able to put a little chip in over the uh, shoulder of the um, goalie. And then uh, Mikey Lopez, who I mentioned earlier, who is a, mm. a defensive midfielder capable of really pushing forward. He was able to get into the penalty box and draw a penalty. And um, mm. uh, one of our, our forward slash wingers, Prosper Kasim, was able to slot in a penalty kick. So it was, I think that there's going to be a lot more close proximity, scrappy kind of goal winning um, for Legion. And it's very, it's going to be varied. That back, the new back line, there are the back lines for teams playing us, will have to put up with some very physical play and um, will not have a lot of, room to work with due to the the size of the the forwards that we're putting out there if both of our loaned players are uh, on the field yeah. yeah we've definitely learned in our history that yet you, you just quite never know uh, maybe a different situation for y'all but it's just you kind of wait until that lineup comes out and then you're like okay good they're still here thank goodness every you, single you, thursday or friday yeah. i'm like i'm watching our uh, twitter account or the legion twitter account like a vulture waiting to see <laughs> our um our social media guy put up the the preview for the match and read oh. through read through what's going on with um the lone players so it's oh. it'll be a full starting 11 of everybody just mm. like the last two weeks um to, uh, on saturdays and on saturday's match Gotcha. One player I was curious on as well um that I'll admit I cheated and I listened to your podcast this week um, so I did my homework a little bit. Uh, I cheated, I guess you can say, on the homework. But yeah. <laughs> uh, Kobayashi, what does he bring to the table? Because I feel like he's been a recent player that's yeah uh, kind of come into form and found his role in the in the the squad. But but what does he bring to the the Legion? Daigo's a field general, man. At, at least at, mm-hmm. at this stage of his career, he is highly technical. He has. Um, he and coach Sohn have worked together for years. Um, if you actually, for, for, uh, anybody that's interested, if you go look at Zachary Aravo's, um, Twitter page, I believe his background has himself, Daigo Kobayashi and coach Sohn and one other person, uh, one of our other teammates, I'm forgetting who on his Twitter profile from their years at the new England revolution. And so, oh, wow. The, there's this squad of the coach and three or four players who have been together for years. Um, Daigo knows what Tommy Tommy's tactics are and is able to move the ball and the players into the position that Tommy wants his attack to be. And he's surgical with his crosses and with his uh, his passing accuracy. And so I, I, he also is very scrappy on uh, recovering the ball. You'll see... You'll see Daigo, even though he's 37, I believe, edging on 38, um, mm. or 36, edging on 37, I, I, I forget. You'll see him winning uh, interceptions, sliding tackles, standing tackles in the midfield, and then immediately looking to send a diagonal ball to one of our wingers and uh, and get a cross sent in. He also had an assist, uh, on, an assist on both of the last two games, um, the uh that were headers or um yeah one header i know for sure in this past game and i believe mm-hmm. a uh a leg to it on the 
the North Carolina match before. So he is a very dangerous assister and field general for our team. Mm, yeah, so it sounds like he's a, a pivotal role uh, provider for the, uh, yes. for the club there. Um, I think that just about does it for for just general questions I had with the with the club there. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and transition into some listener questions. Um, okay. So the first one comes from Matt TW or Bo Round and Round. Um, what was the level of enthusiasm surrounding the Legion prior to the season's start? After 19 matches, has that enthusiasm changed at all? It's a great question. Well, I think for us, we may have gotten a little overhyped. Yeah, we want to, as a backline uh, back podcast, go back and listen to our first episode where we had these machinations about what we thought the starting lineup would be and how we thought the season would pan out. And, um, you know, it's always the, uh, you know, ro- rose-colored glasses type of thing, yeah. especially in our first season. Um, but we also, you know, I don't know if you're aware of Kelsey Steele, who runs the mm-hmm. um, media for USL she was there at our very first home game. She wasn't out in New Mexico or over at Loudoun um, or at Memphis. She came out to um, the uh, to, to the Legion field, to BBVA field for our first home match. So USL sent her out to us as kind of like the very first bit of um, media for expansion clubs this year um, for, for our opening match this season. And she... Um, used her hand to create our first TIFO. The team was uh, so stoked. Um, And I I mean, we, we had basically, I think a, a a sellout or more, maybe 55, uh, 500 Mm. people over capacity for that first match. And it dwindled. It definitely dwindled there for, um, for that early summer, May, early summer, late spring, as we were having injuries and and falling down the the table, so I think that hype was very high. But um, as an expansion team, we definitely learned that it's difficult filling out a USL quality roster that first mm. year. New Mexico is the exception, not the rule. And yeah. um, but we we're happy that the players that Tommy and Jay Heaps, our general manager, president, went out and and got for on loan when they are all there and the pieces that they identified that could bolster and, and improve this team uh, are on the field at the same time. I think that we're a USL quality team. Like we, I'm very happy to say that we would be an average, you know, USL quality team. And that gives me hope that our scouting and our roster building capability is there. We just need the time to fill it out with long-term assets. Yeah, I, I think that's one thing that you, you kind of just never know until you get in the thick of it, because the USL schedule is so funny the way it's laid out. I mean, we, me and you were talking about this before we started recording on just how topsy-turvy the schedule is. I mean, the yeah. Independents have played 21 matches, and somehow Loudon's played 16. And a lot of that comes down to weather, of course, but it's just you, you never quite know how things are going to go until um, almost – half or three quarters of the season is done with just to really know where people are going to stand in the standings. Um, and then we do have one other question, uh, which is of course from Jason. Um, what was your impression of the previous meeting 
And would you consider the Legion uh, significantly better at home versus on the road? I think that my biggest takeaway from our previous meeting was we desperately needed uh, rest and starting USL players. That was the Charlotte match was again on on the road where we had um, a forward playing center back. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken that we also were still trying this, uh, a mythical three back one striker formation that coach Tommy just, I think was having to use because of the injuries and the flux in the starting 11. And so any independence fans who watched that first match should expect to see, I think a very different uh, tactic and um, strategy in this upcoming Saturday's match. Um, I think that Legion um, started off the season feeling a lot to answer, I guess the second part of his question, uh, Jason's question. I think the Legion started off the season performing better on away games um, with decreased pressure and uh, a bit of familiarity for the players who have traveled and played in the USL for a while that for in some weird way, traveling felt familiar. And this is just mm. a you know, bit of psychoanalysis on my side. Um, whereas for a, a couple of months there, when we had home matches, there was a lot of pressure for Chandler Hoffman and for the team to put that first goal in to be an expansion squad to open the, the uh, BBVA field after its renovations with a bang. And it seemed like there was that bit of pressure and stress placed on the team at where we played um, more conservative and uh, tentative at home and then let loose on, um, uh, on the away matches. A, a good example of this is early on, the only two wins that we had were away at St. Louis and away at Louisville, which early on mm. were two of the, the best teams in the league. And we put up uh, three goals on both of them and took away three points on the road. And then we didn't have a road win for a while. Um, didn't mm. have a win in general for, for a while. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that we're definitely hitting our home form now. I would love to see if um, our trip to Ottawa next week, uh, the the first Saturday in August, and our trip to uh, Tampa Bay maybe produces some some points coming home from those two. Yeah. Um, well, that definitely does it for the the questions I have on my side of the. I was going to say table, but we're not sitting at the same table. So I say the the internet. I guess you yeah. could say. Um, but yeah, do you have any questions for me from the, uh, the independence perspective, I guess you could say? Well, the big kind of elephant in the room for me is last time that we talked, there was a, an Irishman who had just, um, (laughs) been on the way out of the, the, uh, locker room and remind me the name of your GM who stepped into the coach's shoes, Mike Jeffries. Mike Jeffries, so yeah. Mike, the veteran coach for independence, um, mm-hmm. stepped back into the coaching role and 
how, how have you felt like the last six weeks have gone for y'all with that change? I mean, you beat up on us day one. <laughs> um, that was that was his debut back at coach. But how do you feel like the team has responded? The supporters have responded to him coming back. And what do you feel like your outlook is on the season now with Mike at the helm? It's it's been interesting because I mean the the highest high we've had was uh, maybe not unfortunately unfortunately for you fortunately for us was against huh. Birmingham um, we kind of hit our stride there very early um, and and of course since then we've gone seven matches without dropping a point um, yeah. it's been at the same time though it's been. I don't want to say we've left anything out on the pitch, um, but we've we got the early goal against Louisville. We ended up getting a sharing a point at the end of the day, which isn't a bad result at Louisville too. Um, we beat Memphis, beat Pittsburgh, of course, um, and got a point up in uh, Cary, North Carolina. That we haven't gotten a point against uh, North Carolina or Carolina Railhawks or whatever you want to call them for two years now. So that that was a well deserved point um moving forward we got we got three points against st louis and then a point against atlanta united it's it's a little bit of a i think the club has responded well with the change um i think honestly the the supporters and and me in general i'll say I'll, i'll speak for myself i guess you can say i can't necessarily speak for the whole fan group but really Everyone, and me particularly, knew that there was potential on this squad. I mean, this is easily the the best quality and depth we've had on an independence roster ever. Um, so my expectations mm. going into this season were top five, top four maybe. Um, of course, that was a little bit uh, stifled with the new coach, and you just don't know what's going on, but... We've really kind of hit our stride here recently, but at the same time, when I've been diving into stats, it's kind of been a a thing of, we've had a lot of home games here recently too. So we've done really good at home. Hasn't really been a case of way. We've done good enough to get a point, but the the contrast I've seen, and I I think we'll learn a lot this weekend um, because before we played Atlanta United, we'd only played two games away under the the new Jeffries era. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the contrast in those two games, and I haven't quite dived into it in the uh, the third away game, which was against Atlanta United too, of course. Um, but the contrast in our defense, um, we, we just had a lot more pressure on our defense. We weren't uh, adjusting to that as well. Um, which kind of goes with the territory. Um, and at the same time, we had played North Carolina FC and Louisville away. Uh, two clubs that, I mean, North Carolina FC hasn't lost at home this year. And Louisville, uh, in general, is a tough squad at home. And, and we've almost never done well against them um, up in the Slugger field. Um, but I think there's been a renewed sense of hope for the season. I'm trying to, um, personally, I'm an optimist and I'm like, I mean, you, you may have seen the tweet. I said, we're going to make the playoffs once we, we sacked McGinnis. And of course there was a little bit of, uh, 
uh, maybe blind hope in that. But I really feel like the, the hey, amount of talent broke, we've man. had. Go for broke, Yeah, I, I, in the moment, I was like, you know what? If we make the playoffs, I'm going to look really smart. And if we don't, well, hopefully everyone will forget about this. But um, I'm sure they won't. Nobody will. But, uh, yeah, it's. I think we've got ourselves in a good position. Um, but to be honest with you, the, the point we shared with Atlanta United 2 was – didn't put us in a great position. Um, I, I don't want to say this is a must win against Birmingham because, I mean, it's. I don't want to say it's early because it's not, but there's still a decent a bit of the season left. But based on where we are in the table, to separate us from you because you're you're kind of creeping up there too. I mean, you're um, at 13th right now and and really only five points away from us um, with after this match is played, well, two games in hand. Um, we have two yeah. games in hand on you. So you're you're knocking on the doorstep. Um, so I think this is a match that for us to solidify ourselves or even really still be in that conversation of a top 10 team, top 11 even, I guess you can say, um, we need a win this weekend and it'll be on short rest. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um I'm both optimistic and a little bit scared because y'all, of course, have uh, had a little bit of a, a streak here recently. So, yeah. You know, I a couple of things that I was noticing about y'all's stretch with, uh, with Mike is that you had, under McGinnis, wild swings of point mm. differentials and wins versus losses early in the season. Um, under him, the last five matches, y'all have had one or two goals and you've drawn or won. That's mm. been, that's been the only, the only result. Um, and that is a fascinating bit of consistency that, I mean, in my head, then that means that Legion can expect y'all to score one or two times. And we have to hope that we draw you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that like just, the data analyst in my head looks at it and says, "Welp, uh, Mike has them playing pretty darn consistently." Um, yeah. The one question that I did have, though, to give myself a little bit of optimism, <laughs> um, you mentioned, like we said, that y'all are on short rest. Do you expect any changes to your starting eleven as a result of that? Um, we will definitely see one, I would assume. I don't, I don't want to say for a fact, but, um, in the previous matchup we against Atlanta United two, I should say, um, we were missing our starting right back, um, being Joel Johnson, who, uh, for my money, he, he's an unheralded player, but he's one of the best right backs in the league. Um, his combination of speed, uh, defensive ability, and just, he he's one of the fastest players in the league too, I'd say. But him coming back, I'm assuming at least, will will he'll be a slotted in as a, as a starter, I would say. Um, it'll be interesting. I think Nicky Jackson will get the start as the at the forward position. Um, though there's a couple other spots that I would personally like to see us make some changes, especially based on that Atlanta United two result um, and some of the. 
the goals we let up. Um, will we see a change? I don't think. Um, but I think those main changes is we'll see Nicky Jackson in for Jorge Herrera, especially since uh, Herrera went, I think, 85 of 90 minutes. Um, and then Joel Johnson is assuming he's healthy, of course, um, should slot in as a right back because we were playing a uh, center back as a, as a right back, which um I mean, Aaron Mond did an admirable job, um, but uh, as you know, in, in Birmingham, players that are playing positions that are not a, accustomed to them, you, you just don't like to see that. You don't want to unless no. you have to. So yeah, I have, uh, uh, I have night, nightmares of our experiments <laughs> over the last three months. Yeah, it's <laughs> we'd rather not bring up some nightmares up to uh, up to Charlotte with those uh, types of uh, situations, but. Uh, yeah. Any other uh, questions for me, Clay? I don't think so, other than to put mm. you on the spot. Yeah, sure. What is your score and result prediction for this Saturday? Um, it's a tough one. Um, I mean, we're coming off a draw against a club that was, I think, 18th in the East, one of the one of the worst clubs in the league. Let's just call it like we sees it. Um, and and it, we've beat know. up Atlanta tonight at a little I bit know. on this podcast. <laughs> I, to be fair, they yeah. have been um, they have been wrecked by the primary team pulling yeah. their talent out. Um, mm, yeah, they uh, Romario Williams got. Um, uh, contract signed to Columbus crew. Brandon Vasquez mm-hmm. has been pulled into the starting 11 of um, Atlanta United's one team, their MLS team, Andrew Carlton due to off field stuff has been either off the roster completely or pulled up to the primary team at times. Um, uh, uh, so who's the guy that went over to Aberdeen? Um, uh, Gallagher, I think John Gallagher yeah, went over Gallagher. to Aberdeen. Yeah. Um, and let's see, there's a, a winger, um, uh, not Chris Goslin. Um, there's an injured winger for Atlanta United, too, as well, who is currently oh, out. A blank. Um, yeah, but, I know. They, they've they, had a, a roster in flux, that's for sure. They've been playing a lot of their yes. And on top of that, exactly, they are a youthful team. You know, they. I think they're, they had something like eight or nine um, players under the age of 21 or 22 um, at one point in their season. So if you are a huge, gigantic Atlanta United two fan or a player, I'm not trying to be the, you know, I'm not trying to be the grim reaper. Um, but from a results perspective, they are towards the bottom of the USL East. Mm, yeah, but it, it's tough. I mean, given all that, I still think this is a match that we, I mean, we have the, I guess you could say, uh, their psyche in some ways because I mean we beat them four one, and for all intents and purposes dominated that match. I mean that match could have been far worse in a lot of ways. Um, if I may but, put up a defense, only yeah, half yeah. the players that will be in the starting eleven were on that uh, played in that match. So okay, it's hopefully totally it's not. Yeah, hopefully it's not that <laughs> weighing that heavily on them. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> yeah, but to to actually answer the question before I stall more for time, um, I'll say we'll we'll pull out a a two one draw uh, or two one win. Sorry, <laughs> Charlotte. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Well, um, 
Yeah, a 2-1 win for the Independence. I, I think this game will be down to the wire. I mean, I, I think, especially on short rest, um, and I think a match that Birmingham will play up to. I mean, I, I don't want to say that. I, I think I saw the USL peg this as a playing for the playoffs type of match um, yeah. between us. And, and I can I can get that perspective, but at the same time, there's still a lot of things that can happen. I mean, it, uh, more than a half of the season has gone by, but there's there's still a lot that can happen. Let's just put it that way. Um, but yeah, I'll say we'll get a two-one victory um, in a very uh, dramatic fashion. I was going to go with the two-one victory for Legion as as well, actually on on our side. Um, I think the biggest factor there for us is based on y'all's recent stretch. Mm. Um, I don't imagine that Matt Van Okel, our, our goalkeeper is going to be peppered, but I, yeah. with, with just a ton of lethal chances, what I think the, just my uninformed prediction is that this could come down to a couple very key uh, saves from both of the goalkeepers. Oh yeah. And that, that, that seems to be what um, what will set this apart. Where, uh, based on y'all's striking and scoring numbers over the last five or six matches, um, if if Matt Van Okel on our side can s- shut down one of those two um, one or two goals that that y'all have been consistently getting over the last couple months, um, that could be our our key to success. Because I think we're going. I think that we will see one to two Legion goals just mm. based on the the scrappiness and the the size difference that we now have up up top. Um, I think that y'all's clinical finishing will be the big the big factor in our our goalkeeper's ability to not, to keep those out. Um, yeah, yeah. I, who if you had to predict um, who will score a goal for the Independence this weekend, who's on your prediction sheet? Um, assuming Nicky Jackson starts a majority of the game or starts the game, I'll, I'll say he'll get a goal because I, I was kind of surprised to see him not get some more time against Atlanta United. Um, so they could hint that he's going to get a majority of the time against Birmingham, but I'll say he'll get a goal. And I think Enzo's been itching for a goal as well. I, I think you, you did bring up a good point. The fact that, I mean, Van Oak was a good keeper. There's There's no doubt about that. Um, and I think that's what kind of worries me with the form we've had here recently, where we've gotten somewhere between, let's say, 10 to 15 shots total, but between like four to six on target. And it's it's a tough thing because it's not terrible. But at the same time, when you're playing against a higher quality keeper, they're going to have to be really good chances for him to uh to not to save them. And I think this could be a, I'd be surprised if this is a boring match. Let me put it that way. I think this will be a, uh, an intense match, a, a goalkeepers match mm-hmm. between the, both Brandon Miller and, and Van Okel. Yeah. Um, and we could see a number of goals in this match. It's, it just kind of depends on where they lie and where, uh, the, uh, where the bounces go, I suppose. That is every question that I had. I appreciate you yeah, giving the prediction with me putting you on the spot, Ben. Yeah, it's we normally we did that last year uh, for every game, which 
uh, got a little bit crazy because you just, I kept going back to two one outcomes for us, and I I, I uh, religiously uh, chose to not pick losses, which got really difficult. And then this season, the way it started, we uh, kind of just forgot about them towards the end of our uh, shows. But uh, kind of feels good to get back in that rhythm. But uh, yeah, definitely want to thank uh, Clay for joining us on uh, Talking Jacks. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you. Appreciate you having a, me on. Yeah, definitely uh, give them a listen. I think it's uh, it's it's better. I'll, I'll say this: it, it's always a good show. Let me put it that way. But it's it's much better when they do get a win. But there's more weeks in the season. You can get a win next week. It's 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 good quality content, regardless. Um, we've had uh, a number of group therapy session episodes, <laughs> as we've called them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's quality content, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, thanks for uh, taking the time this evening to uh, help preview uh, Birmingham v. Charlotte. Appreciate it, Ben, and and hammer down to all of our uh, my Legion listeners. Uh, appreciate the time, sir. All right, come on, you jacks. <laughs>